0: You are listening to a University of Kentucky College of Arts and Sciences podcast. I'm Cheyenne Homan. Solar energy has been around for a while now, but John Anthony is part of a team that was recently awarded a National Science Foundation grant to develop new ways to catch and convert light into electricity. The group, which includes two mathematicians from UK and an engineer from Princeton, is just beginning its three-year project. I sat down with him to learn more about the project and its goals. I'm John Anthony, I'm a chemistry professor here at UK. So the SOLAR proposal is an interesting attempt by the National Science Foundation to try and increase collaboration amongst the different disciplines that they fund. And so it comes out specifically, it sort of sounds like a bad joke, right? They, they state right at the beginning, this grant will be given to a group that must contain one chemist, one mathematician, and one engineer, plus wherever else you need. And I had known for a while of some work over in mathematics doing some very nice work on the growth of films, and I kept thinking, you know, I've got to get over there and talk to those guys. This, this could be an interesting collaboration, and this National Science Foundation call for proposals, which is the catalyst, and so I got together with them, and then this engineer at Princeton I've been collaborating with since 2005, and so she's doing the, the more engineering aspects of this, so we're developing materials. Uh, She's growing the films for solar cells, the mathematicians are doing modeling to try and figure out what parameters we need to vary in order to get the kinds of films we need. And so it's going to be a really fun project. So the nice thing about carbon-based solar cells compared to silicon is that you can actually adopt the form factor that you want. If you're willing to take a potential hit in efficiency, you're going to be able to do almost anything you need. So for example, one possibility is to uh, have these solar cells basically be semi-transparent plastic films. And so, you know, a lot of people, office buildings, households, put these sun blocking plastic films on their windows to try and keep the the heat out. Well, now you could put a plastic film over your window that also generates electricity. Other possibilities are, you know, coating the duct tops of bookshelves or storage systems in, in these warehouses, where they use enormous amounts of very intense lighting to light a warehouse. Most of that, of course, is, you know, the the light is is used to see, but otherwise not much happens. Well, what if you could collect the light as it hits the floor or it hits the shelf tops and then regenerate the electricity to feed back into the grid? Obviously, you're not going to capture all of it, but, you know, you at least, you know, it's going to lead to a 5, 10, 15 percent energy savings, which is really useful. But, you know, the idea is that you can have the form factor flexible, semi-transparent or completely opaque, whatever you need. It's much more tunable than the traditional silicon-based solution. There are a number of companies trying to roll those out. I think probably the most advanced is a company called and What they did is they took over a plant owned by an old company called Polaroid that made photographic film. Nobody takes film photographs anymore, right? And so what they did is they kind of repurposed the equipment so instead of making film for photography, they make films of plastic solar cells. Beautiful stuff. I've actually seen some of their products are now commercial, uh, so for example, they have a laptop bag with a solar cell panel, nice flexible flat plastic solar cell panel that you can use to recharge your cell phone, um, so they, I've seen some beautiful demonstrations. So absolutely, there are some, but even with those, their efficiencies are not particularly high, uh, but still they're seeing a commercial market for it. And, they show a very nice trajectory to improve their efficiencies. So that's only going to go up and up and up. So we're just getting started with a mathematics group. We're pulling together an interdisciplinary symposium to get the graduate students from mathematics and chemistry introduced and, and starting to work together. Um, you know, as far as general solar cell research, I've been in the field for about four years. Um, we've got some interesting new materials that are kind of dropping replacements for the current state of the art but what we were allowed to do by this proposal, and this is one of the great things about the National Science Foundation, is this is something completely crazy. We're allowed to go way off into left field. We have a theoretical background that shows that we could get much more efficient this way, but nobody's ever tried it before. And so this is really for us to kind of jump in, take what we know from what we've done so far, and really try and take it into a very new area. There is a huge need for photovoltaics, but There really isn't the emphasis in the schools on the kinds of backgrounds needed to do what we need. You know, you look at you know the huge sources of funding in the U.S. are all biomedical research, but energy, the need is critical. We've got to come up with small alternatives. We've got to come up with more efficient ways to use it. But you know, I'm starving for people to hire. You know, people keep talking about recession, no jobs. (laughs) I'm desperate for people. We pay well in chemistry. It's it's really hard to find people to do the work. So. You know, we need to kind of do this mental shift for people to realize that there's more to life than uh, than what people keep telling you. Well, know, everyone's parents says, I "Want you to be a doctor when you grow up." You know what? There's more to life than that. Uh, there are a lot more needs, big needs, global needs that we need to start addressing. I mean, that's what the you know I was saying earlier. We had a grant from Saudi Arabia. Even the Saudis see that oil is limited, and they're trying to get in now to the solar field, uh, so they can you know hold a lot of the intellectual property, develop a lot of that. I mean, the Saudis use a huge amount of the oil they produce just to desalinate water, drinking water for the people who live there. If that could be all converted over to solar, that would be a huge difference. So you know, we have another project on bioimaging that we're just ramping up. And so synthetic chemists plus chemical engineers, plus biologists working together to find easier ways to detect tumors, for example. And we've got another grant looking at a different type of solar cell that's based on mineral/ slash plastic hybrid system. Uh, that's from the Department of Energy, so we're working on, on these interesting new, basically, dye molecules that, that assist in converting light into electricity. We've got another grant looking at flexible electronics, basically. So instead of solar cells, can we make flat panel display, both transparent and flexible, so that instead of having the display necessarily built into your laptop, for example, you'll fold it up like a handkerchief in your pocket and just kind of hang it on whatever surface you, you that's nearby. You know, it reduces the bulk, it reduces the weight, it makes things a lot easier. Uh, We've got a small project working on plastic light emitting diodes uh, for solid state lighting applications. And that could be huge because these light emitting diodes are much more efficient even than compact fluorescent. They have much longer lifetimes, they don't require being packed in vacuum, they don't require the mercury that you have to have in compact fluorescence. Uh, And so just the energy savings if, if you know, we can get this out into a commercial product it would be pretty impressive. One of the cool things about plastic is you can make a, a large uniform sheet, and so, you know, the size of a brick, for example, not the thing, you know, it's, it's paper thin. Um, but the idea is, you know, you replace these big clunky fixtures with essentially these paper thin sheets you, you tape up and, and plug in. Uh, so one of the first areas they're jumping at is under cabinet lighting. And you just basically tape it underneath the cabinet, uh, plug it in. It's extremely efficient. It's a very pleasing color of light, unlike compact fluorescents, which are just hideous. So we're we're working on, you know, one tiny subset of that huge problem, trying to get materials that give a more pleasing color of light. And the beauty of carbon-based compounds is that it really is easy to tune the light emission. And so you know, the the traditional LED is sort of a like half of a capsule, right? I mean, they're these these sort of mini-thimble-shaped materials. And again, the cool thing about the the plastic systems is that they're just like a sheet of paper. They're, They're perfectly flat, flexible, you know, they don't take up as much space. What you want to do is get people who are absolute experts in their areas of research and get them working together so you have the best, the best, the best, the best people making the materials, the best people characterizing the materials, the best people making the devices. And each group can really focus on its main area of expertise. You bring them all together, you have the complete package. Collaboration is absolutely critical in science these days. You cannot be an island. Thanks for listening, and thanks to the Department of Chemistry and the College of Arts and Sciences for making this podcast possible.